Hey there, this is Jessica Stewart, and you are listening to Finding Your Calm with Your Teenager, episode number 28. Anyone out there struggle to remain calm when dealing with your teenager? It's certainly been something that I have struggled with in my parenting journey, so that's what I'm here to help you with. This podcast will give you really practical advice and tips to remain calm when dealing with your teenager, because I truly believe if you can remain calm when doing this, you can remain calm in pretty much any situation. So listen in and enjoy. Hi there. Welcome. So glad you've tuned in. And what I want to talk today about is what are your top three thoughts about yourself as a parent and also what your top three thoughts are about your teenager. And I kind of think about this in terms of like a greatest hits album. Like what's your, what's the greatest hits that keep going and replaying in your brain all the time. And if you take some time to uncover these thoughts you'll really discover a lot about yourself and about your relationships because we have a ton of thoughts going through our brain every day, but there's ones that tend to come up over and over again. And they often relate to what we're dealing with or what we're most concerned about at the time. And if we're able to root out some of these thoughts, we can work with them a little bit. So that's what I want to dive into today. And I just wonder if you ever stop and just pay attention to this. And I'm also going to talk about a little bit more about why this information would be important to know or to pay attention to. And I'm going to share with you what my top three thoughts were and are sometimes still, but mostly I've worked on them a lot and I've shift, I was able to shift them and I want to share that with you as well. And the other thing I'm going to go over is just give you some questions or prompts to think about so that you can uncover your top three thoughts about yourself as a parent and thoughts about your teenager. And I will give you some concrete actions you can take today to begin shifting these thoughts to something that's more useful for you. So why is this important to know and spend time thinking about? I always like to start with this because I think we want to know why doing something will be worth our while and worth our time. So to me, uncovering this was literally life-changing in my relationship with my teenager because it completely revealed how I see myself as a parent and gave me the realization that what I thought were just plain facts that I was saying about myself as a parent were just actually beliefs and thoughts that I'd just been repeating to myself over and over again. They weren't things that were objectively true They couldn't be proven in a court of law, yet I was treating them as if they were just plain facts. And we do this so much in every area of our life. And when we learn this, that we see just the thoughts going through our head sometimes as just the truth, 
then we kind of seek to solidify that and we look for evidence that, yes, this is in fact true until we start to question them. And we start to look at our brain and all of the, what I call them, shenanigans that our brain likes to put up. So it also allows us as parents to improve our relationship with our teenagers without them having to change at all. And this is such a big deal because I think we spend so much time looking at our teenagers' behavior and thinking, if only they were different, if only they acted this way, then I could be happy. I could be feel successful about myself as a parent. And what looking at this, um, these top three thoughts about yourself as a parent and your teenager will do is it will just help you see how much your changing the way you think about yourself and them will just change your relationship with them without them having to change at all. So what I'm going to do is just talk about my top three thoughts about myself as a parent. And you may have the same sort of thoughts, maybe different ones. So I would say my most frequent ones are I'm failing as a parent. Um, It's they're going to end up messed up and it's going to be all my fault. The other one was everyone else is a better parent than me and have it all figured out. So those are some version of those would be running through my mind on a pretty regular basis when I would think about my parenting. And then the other thoughts that I would have, and these are thoughts about my teenagers, where they are never going to make it in this world. So, and this happened when they were kids too, like say they got up late for school and they missed the bus or something. I, my brain would just immediately go to, well, they're, they're not going to be able to hold down a job because they're never going to be able to make it on time for work. Like I was already there. And that was just a big stretch, I would say. But my brain would offer that up to me on a regular basis. The other one is uh, they never listen and they never think. So a lot of the times these thoughts that are just so absolute and we think are just facts, they have this really um, absolute language to them, like always and never. And there's no room for interpretation at all. There's no room for sort of perspective of the moment. So those are, those were mine. And you can probably think about what runs through your uh, days with your thinking. And if not, it might be something that I would say is very worthwhile for you to pay attention to. So these thoughts were making me feel really frustrated, anxious, afraid. Um, I, like I said, I wouldn't have these thoughts running through my brain all the time, but with any issues that came up with my teenagers, I would very quickly go to this, this thought pattern. And it becomes like a well-worn groove in your brain. Or you can think about like when I talked about the greatest hits and an actual record album, a well-worn groove in the record album. And then you just stay there and you loop and loop and loop. And they were basically, uh, the thoughts were on autoplay and auto repeat. And they were just my go-to every time something would come up. 
So that that's where for me, the value of coaching came in because we learned in coaching and I learned through watching a lot of coaching calls and just seeing other people coached on these same concepts is that what kind of blew my mind is that we have these circumstances that happen and then we have any number of thoughts about them. We could choose to think any way about them. And then in turn, our thoughts create our feelings. And then our feelings drive the things that that we do. So our feelings drive our actions and then we get a certain result. So I'm going to just share with you a small process to uncover what happens in your brain that you can use. So you can um, apply this to maybe the most recent conflict or difficult moment that you had with your teenager. So just think about what, what actually happened in the situation. So I can use the example of my son was late for uh, the bus, so I had to drive him to school. And that was the fact of the moment, but what my thoughts about it were where he's going to end up never being able to hold down a job because he can't make it to the bus on time. And this is going to be the way it is forever and ever and ever. And when I had those thoughts, I got very angry and frustrated. It was a combination of many different emotions. And so the thoughts would come up about how I would feel about myself as a parent, because in some way him missing the bus ultimately has to come down to my parenting. It can't be just the fact that he you know, slept in and didn't make the bus on time, it has to be definitely related to my failure as a parent and also his inability to get things, um, to to get up and be to the bus on time. So these kinds of things, like I said, they give you a mix, they gave me a mix of very anxious feelings. So you can just pick a circumstance that that happened And describe just very factually what actually occurred and then take some time to investigate it. What did you think about yourself as a parent when this happened? And also you can ask, what did you think about your teenager when this happened? And that will help you uncover your thoughts you were having about that particular situation. And then the next thing you can do is think about how did this make you feel? How did thinking these thoughts make you feel towards yourself as a parent? And how did this make you feel towards your teenager? And you can examine those emotions a bit and just sort of pay attention. And then you can look at what actions did you take as a result of these feelings towards yourself and towards your teenager. So for me, I would have been ruminating on this if I'm using this example of him being late for the bus. I, I of course, would yell at him. I would lecture him. I would just have to bite my tongue because I wanted to say so much. And I knew it wasn't super productive to do a big yell fest at him. But I would also then berate myself for not having taught him better about how to make it to the bus on time. And so what the result was of that situation was a big fight. Nothing productive happened. Now, I'm not saying that this is just easy to apply to the situation, but it can be used as just an awareness tool at the beginning 
when you're looking at any of these circumstances that come up. So describe what happened, just the facts. Then ask yourself, what was I thinking about myself? What was I thinking about my teenager? And then how did these these thoughts make me feel towards myself as a parent and towards my teenager? And then what actions did I take as a result of these feelings towards myself and towards my teenager? And what was the result? How did this turn out? Did it work for what was happening? Did you get a sort of productive outcome? Did you both leave the interaction feeling that there was some sort of understanding or, or resolution or just a piece of peace about it in the moment? Now, the awareness of that can be so powerful without changing a lot about what you're doing. And I do, will probably talk about, or definitely will talk about in future podcasts, just differences in what you're thinking. But I want to just put a caution in here that I'm not just saying that being aware of this and then just changing your thoughts is just a simple thing, simple switch that you can flip and then everything is wonderful and magical right away. All I'm saying is that this can be a powerful awareness tool so that you can understand your and your thoughts and how they are driving how you're feeling about your own self as a parent and how you're feeling about your teenager. And we don't need to flip over everything and just say, oh, this is wonderful. And I'm so happy that he's, he's late and, and everything's fine. Like we can't just flip that switch. It's just an awareness tool to notice what our current uh, thinking is. So the way you can start shifting this today, and I just really want to emphasize shifting a little bit in a different direction You don't have to go all the way to the other. In fact, I don't recommend going all the way to the other extreme with your thinking. You can just say once we notice a thought, then our the kind of go-to for the moment is like, well, now that I notice these thoughts are, are driving bad actions and feelings and making me feel horrible about myself and horrible towards my teenager, then I can just flip a switch and change them. I just want to talk about a slight shift to change the direction of your thinking. And the first thing you can do is when you uncover those thoughts, so let's just use the example of I'm failing as a parent. What we can do with that is we don't have to go to I'm fully succeeding as a parent because when we do that, our brain kind of says, really, like that's a little much. You can't go all the way. Like you can't go from one extreme to the other. So what you can do, it's very subtle, but just notice how it makes you feel. So I'm going to suggest adding a little statement to, uh, to that sentence. So the statement would be is, I notice that I'm thinking I'm failing as a parent. And what that does is that brings a little space to it. Instead of just saying that absolute statement that I'm failing as a parent, it can bring that little bit of questioning. So that little bit of curiosity. So I notice I'm thinking I'm failing as a parent. And I can add that to another one of my top three thoughts. So 
I notice I'm thinking that everyone else is a better parent than me and has it all figured out. And when we add that small little statement, it starts to shift it so that we can identify that these things that we believe are just factual and make us feel so horrible are in fact just thoughts that we can be curious about and begin to question and sort of unravel them. Sort of like you are a lawyer and you're poking holes in these just these statements that your brain is offering up. You're like, really? Is that true that I'm failing as a parent? You can just say, I notice I'm thinking that I'm failing as a parent. Okay. And then you can apply that to the way you think about your teenagers. You can say, I notice I'm thinking that my teenager is never going to make it in this world. And so when you say it that way, how does that make you feel? And I think what it can make you feel or at least what it brings up for me is you've, it brings more of a space of curiosity rather than just that defeated, frustrated anger feeling. And you can apply it to, I notice I'm thinking that my teenager never listens. Is that true? Hmm. Let's look at it and see if that's absolutely true. Like they never listen. And then also I notice I'm thinking they never think things through. So you can apply the same uh, statement to the beginning of that statement as well. So the other thing that you can add to these thoughts that come up in our brain is that you can add something like, it's possible that I'm not failing as a parent. So you don't have to go to, like I said, I'm totally succeeding as a parent. I'm, I'm doing such an amazing job because again, our brain doesn't like to go to that other side completely. So we just kind of wiggle a little bit and just add some things in like, it's possible that I'm not failing as a parent. So that just kind of brings in a little bit more spaciousness in our thinking. It's possible that everyone else is not a better parent than me and doesn't have it all figured out. Now, that kind of comparison statement, of course, we don't necessarily want to pay that much attention to comparison, but it certainly is possible that everyone else is not a better parent than me. You can find evidence for that as well. And you can also find evidence that that there are other people who don't have it all figured out. Listen, all I did to figure this out is talk to a few of my friends <laughs> and they're just as confused about what to do as a parent as me. So once you open up the possibility by using the it's possible statements, then you have more to work with. Because if you just say, I'm failing as a parent, that's like cut and dry, done. There's no, there's no argument there. But if you open it up and give yourself some space for curiosity and possibility for other things to be true and to come in and to open the door for some other thoughts that can leave us not feeling so defeated, there is a huge shift that can happen. And also 
as far as how we feel about our our teenagers, we can just notice our thinking about them. And if you, like essentially what a relationship is, is our thoughts about another person. So we love another person. We have loving thoughts about them. And so that is why it's very powerful to think about how we are thinking about other people. Because if we have loving thoughts towards another person, then we can start to have a more loving relationship with that person, whether they change or not, which is sort of, it's not sort of, it's, it's radical. And you may not believe it. We may, and we often spend so much time thinking that we have to wait until somebody changes, but I don't know how long you've waited for people to change. I have Uh, been waiting for that my whole life. And I've figured out that people don't just change just because I want them to just doesn't work. I've said this many times in many different episodes. Okay, so I would spend some time thinking about your top three greatest hits in your thinking about yourself as a parent, and in your thinking about your teenager, what are your top three thoughts about them, write them down. And just just notice them and just get curious about them and add the it's possible statements and add the I notice I'm thinking statements to them and see how it changes how you're feeling. Okay. And I'd love to hear if you've done this and if you found it to be successful. And so you can direct message me on Instagram. I'll put where I am on Instagram in the show notes or also just email me. And I would love to hear if you tried this and if you found it helpful. I know that I sure did. So thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I have something to offer you. And that is a video that I have made to help if you've ever lost it on your teenager. And I made this video because I think this is something that we all struggle with as parents or caregivers of teenagers. We all struggle with it as parents or caregivers of children of any age, really. And I made the video to explain why we do this, what to do if it's happened to you, and just to give you some support with this situation and release the shame and blame of it all and I hope that you find it so helpful. So how do you get it? If you go to the show notes of the podcast and click the link that says grab your free video here, it will take you to a page to sign up and the deli- the video will be delivered straight to your inbox. So I hope you enjoy it and have a great day.